Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2, and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, DC, and other cities, and online at angularbootcamp.com. Okay, so welcome to another episode of Adventures in Angular. And this week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nyko. Hey, everybody. Joe Imms. Hey. And today we have a special guest, uh, ah, and I'm Shai Resnick, right? Uh, I forgot to, <laughs> to mention, and I'm hosting this episode uh, because Chuck couldn't make it. Uh, but uh, we're going to have a great episode, and today we have a special guest, uh, Ma Maxim Koretsky. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how we pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and what, are we, what are we going to be talking about today, Shai? And today we're going to talk about change detection. So, Maxim, before we start, can you introduce yourself, tell a little bit uh, about, uh, about yourself, like background and stuff? Yeah. On my free time, I mostly reverse engineer things, like libraries. Uh, uh, so, my interest is Angular, obviously, because I'm here and uh, <laughs> spend <laughs> a lot of time going deep into the framework, I can probably say that I know most of the source code. Um, oh my goodness, that is so cool. Like seriously, I don't know if you know how cool of a sentence that is. <laughs> not, not I know most sure that code. it's super cool, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's way cool. <laughs> yeah, it just takes time. But yeah, and um, I'm basically probably curious guy and... Uh, just curious in everything IT. So, yeah, that's how I gather my knowledge. And uh, that's, that's it. That's nice. Do you have any, uh, do you write anything? Do you share your knowledge somewhere? Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. I have a blog on Medium. I'm, I found the Angular in Depth uh, Medium publication, which I intend to be the go the go-to place for in-depth content. So we publish we publish articles with with the links to the sources. <laughs> like if you want to learn sources, that's probably the place to go. Nice. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, I also applied to a few conferences with the talk, but uh, I unfortunately didn't make it. Hopefully, maybe I'll be able to participate in future conferences. I know. Gotta build nice. my public profile first. Gotta build that public public profile. All right. Great. So so cool. So what are we, are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about change detection. First of all, why why change detection? Why I chose it, or who's this question to? <laughs> For you, Max, oh. like uh, out of all the topics of the Angular source code, uh, yeah. what do you find interesting about change detection? Well, that's. Um, I think that is the process that I spent the most time debugging. You know, <laughs> the most painful for me. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is the process that uh, was 
that had bad reputation in Angular GS, right? Like Digest and, uh, um, but I, I don't think it was implemented badly. It was just that it required deeper knowledge to use it efficiently. And uh, so I, I get curious, you know, everyone was talking like there is no more Digest. We we killed it, <laughs> like shy what you showed in your NG show, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone was telling <laughs> that. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I uh, reverse engineer other libraries like React. I know how, um, like at least on the concept level, how change detection works there. And uh, Vue.js, I checked how it, how it works there. And, you know, I was curious, okay, so if Angular guys changed it, how, how did they do it? What is different now? No, that's like a really great question. So you found out all of the like all of these answers essentially of like the differences between them. Between the frameworks, between the Angular JS or or React. Yeah, between it, how Angular does change detection and Vue or React. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, because uh, yeah, I, I was playing with Vue for example, and it uses uh, this nice thing of ECMAScript setters and getters, right? It just overrides your uh, data model with setters and getters. And if you just do object freeze, then the framework will not work. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this will be cut out. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> about what? About uh, uh, other frameworks? Yeah, about or- how to break view. You know, maybe maybe after after this episode, people will go into the sources and try to um, validate what I was saying here. You know, and what if Vue has changed the implementation? It was maybe a, a half a year ago that I checked, and mm. you know, no, I don't think it's like a security hole in a bank. I think we're on the safe side here. Yeah. Uh, but okay, cool, cool. So you. You check all the different frameworks and how they implement change detection, how they do that, um, and then and then you dove dove in into the source code of the monster and, <laughs> and the new Angular. Yeah, yeah, and you know the first thing is that I spend a good amount of time uh, figuring out how it works uh, on Angular version two, and then they rewrote everything, you know, <laughs> because the change detection process works differently. The compiler works differently uh, with when, with the version 4. And mm. there was, uh, you know, got a bit upset because, <laughs> you know, spent a lot yeah, of so, time. Yeah. So, so, so I read uh, uh, some of your article, w- articles, w- which are great, by the way, and... Um, you, it seems like you actually referring to like lines of code, specific lines of code in the in the source code, and like you go very deep into the implementation details, mm-hmm. which which kind of seem like something that could change because the promise of the of the Angular team is that don't worry about the implementation details, you just use the API and we will take care of it behind the scenes to make it better, faster. Uh, smaller uh, and, and such. So, isn't oh, that worrying? You know, to 
like write a blog post, invest the effort, and then um, and then it kind of changes or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question, and uh, I think some of the blog posts that I write, particularly stuffed with uh, numerous links to the sources, are intended uh, first thing for myself when. For example, I'm one of the top contributors on Stack Overflow for Angular Tag, and uh, if I see a question and I do not remember particularly how the stuff works under the hood, I go to that article, you know, just do a few navigations <laughs> using the links I put there, and uh, I immediately know the answer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you see it from from that point of view, like something you do for yourself, then no, it's not. Uh, it's not risky, hmm. right? Hmm. And um, so, what did you find out when you when you dove into the source code? So, give us like a high level overview of change detection in Angular and why why is it so cool or better or like you know what well, did you find out? Uh huh. Well, there are a few things that usually surprise people. Um, like the first one is that uh, lifecycle hooks are essentially part of change detection. Uh, so even if you have a hook which is named like ng after view init, right? A view check. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It 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 doesn't refer to the view as in uh, presentation, but rather the internal presentation of components which they refer to as views. So uh, if, you, if you don't have change detection, you don't have lifecycle hooks. So let, let, me, let me stop you there for a second. So just to clarify things. So the Angular compiler compiles the templates and turns them into view, what they call view objects, right? Yeah, it compiles into factories. Uh, the factory mm-hmm. is a sort of a template for the view that, Will be generated for each instance of a component. Yeah. So, so, and uh-huh. you, you, you will still have the component class, and you will have this view object which the factory creates, and they talk with each other, right? It's like the repre- the JavaScript or TypeScript re- representation of the template of the HTML, right? Uh, yeah. Like. Mm. It's very, uh, this is actually fascinating what happens inside. I, I, I'm not sure I will be able to explain everything because I, I do not look at it every day. So it mm-hmm. slips off my memory. But, uh, well, for example, I, I have a, an article that I named, uh, here's why you will not find components inside Angular, mm-hmm. which talks about how Angular components are presented uh, with this view, and actually, Angular doesn't have a notion of component under the hood, uh, mm-hmm. and it has a notion of a class, mm-hmm. and the class is the same for directives. Uh, and so, I would I would say that Angular under the hood views components as directives. That's yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In. What do you mean? So you said it has the, co- the concept of a class, right? So that makes sense, but it, uh-huh. it views components as directives. What do you mean by that? 
um, if you imagine a view, this, this internal thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it has nodes. They, they call it view nodes. And these nodes are based on the template. So the basic types of nodes are DOM elements, right? If you have a component with a spun element inside, then you will have a view with a spun DOM node. Come. Yeah, but, but then if you have um, a directive that is placed on this component, on, on this spun element, you will have two, two nodes. The first one for the spun and the second one for the directive. Come. This is like, yeah. And now if you think about what the component is, right, it is basically a DOM element plus class, right, mm -hmm. component class. So mm -hmm. you can think of components as two nodes, uh, two view nodes. The DOM node, which refers to, for example, my comp DOM element, mm -hmm. and the class, which is component class, which is another type of node. Right. Yeah. So, oh, so this is how they save like the reference to the class, to the component class, let's say, uh, and bind it to the custom element of the HTML. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So that that is that's why I'm saying that uh, component class is saved as as a directive class inside, like you know, directive node. Yeah, which makes sense because components extend directives, like they, in terms of like the decorator. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I mean, that's probably a bit too deep. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No, I, I, it, it, it's, I think it's fun sometimes to go deeper. Um, so I asked this question because you, you said, like, you gave an example of, like, view, and you said that it's not the, in terms of, like, represent or talking about the presentation layer, but actually an object that mm -hmm. Angular treats behind the scenes. So I ju just want to clarify and to give... Uh, to give a, a little bit of background, if you uh, could give and an, and you gave it, so we can like go back to your uh, to what you started from uh, with the lifecycle hooks and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so this is the one thing. And, and uh, mm, did you guys ever think about that lifecycle hooks are part of change detection? Without change detection, there is. No life cycle, hook or life cycle hooks or no, it didn't really occur to me. So yeah, there's something probably that doesn't have uh, a, a big value, you know, this this kind of knowledge, right? But just uh, something when I tell about that to people, they they uh, they wonder, uh, and uh, so that's why I asked. Hmm. Um, I, I I actually think that the, there is a lot of value in like. In terms of the psychological value of understanding uh, when stuff does uh, stuff don't work, uh, actually trying to understand why and and maybe it, it it can increase the confidence level of okay it's not totally magic I know sort of what hap what's happening and where do should I start looking uh, from. And uh, or this, you know, the re where should I start the research from? Uh, so I think it's, it actually gives a lot of value to to know these type of things uh, in terms of the, like confidence levels and stuff like that. 
Um, so you said that uh, you said that uh, lifecycle hooks are are part of the change detection. Can you can you explain why? Why? Uh, well, the the change detection process, right? There are there are basically a few essential operations that it performs. And one of my articles, I explicitly list all of them. There are about like 20, 12, I guess, steps that are taken for each view, right? So what, now we know that there are views, right? Mm-hmm. Shai, you, you mentioned them. and Yeah, so it, the change detection runs for each view, runs through each view node. And the basic... Uh, operations, right? This is something that everyone would expect is rendering, right? So when we say view node, you're literally talking about templates? Uh, Or not even? (laughs) Not not exactly, but but you can think of them as, well, there are many types of view nodes, maybe, I don't know, 10, but uh, because the most the most common ones are exactly the the DOM nodes, right? Uh, like, like span. There will be one one type of view node, and uh, if you have twelve spans inside a component template, you will have twelve view nodes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're just so is a view node the same as saying a DOM element or no? No, no. Uh, uh, a DOM, DOM element, element can is, be. Yeah, it's it's one type of view node because what's uh, another example of a view node outside of the DOM element? Uh, like directive, directive is represented as another type of view node. Okay, so uh, the, you're saying this is the first step in like the cycle? Hmm. Uh, can you maybe rephrase? I, Sorry, you were listing out the steps, and so I wanted to reiterate what step we were on. Yes, this the first. Yeah, the, the most important step is rendering, right? Is is when you use interpolation for the span element, and then Angular runs change detection for each view node, and you have a view node which is span DOM element, right? And uh, it should update the value, the DOM value, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the most the most important, I think, operation, and everyone uh, knows about it. Uh, but there are others, like we have this thing, which is view child, right? View children, mm-hmm. uh, which is query list. And so updating these query lists, right? We have, you, you probably know that we, we can subscribe to the changes and, and then... Uh, if you have uh, more or less, if some of the children are hidden and then some shown, then view children query list can be updated. Right? Just to clarify, uh, view child and view children are like the nodes you have in your template. If you are a component and the nodes or the elements that you have on your template, those are view child. Yes. View children. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yes. And so Angular updates this query list as part of change detection as well. So this is another type of operation that um, Angular performs mm. when running okay. change detection. 
So if uh, the number of children, like let's say you have a for loop and the number of children change, then you have, um, th then you have an update, right? Yes, yes, you have an update. But this update will only be detected during the subsequent change detection uh, process. This is another type of operation. But then calling lifecycle hooks is another type of operation, the change detection. So um, I wanted to d ask about that, about lifecycle hooks. So say, for example, the ubiquitous NG on init, right? We're all familiar mm -hmm. with that lifecycle hook. Yeah. How does that have to do with change detection? Which is NG on init, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, this lifecycle hook should be triggered when you have all input bindings uh, initialized, right? So, yeah. and the initializing or updating input bindings is also part of change detection. Mm -hmm. So, if, if you think about it, you can have, for example, if we get back to the DOM rendering, right? If we take the example of span with interpolation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there is another way to um, render text inside this span, right? Which is uh, input bindings, right? And we can use, for example, text content or inner text, right? The native DOM element property. In, yeah. and, we can, and we can bind to it, right? Uh, so we want Angular to update this text content native property so the browser shows the text which means that uh, this input bindings update should also be part of change detection and which means that it is only during change detection that we know that input bindings have been updated and since it's change detection process we can call on init or ng on init right uh, when we know that input bindings have been updated. Hmm. Not, not, not sure if I explained that. I think I kind of get it. So it's, it's in the change detection that lifecycle hooks, for example, ng on init, are called. And it's only because of in the process of change detection we get enough information to know, okay, now we're ready to call ng on init. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's how I see it. You know, what, what I know definitely is that uh, all lifecycle hooks are triggered as part of change detection. That's that's like it's it, that's how it works. But the the motivation, right? Why the guys did that in this way? Just just a guess. But if uh, but it, it seems logical, right? right? If change detection updates input bindings, then only it knows when they're ready. Just what, what you said, right? That's Come. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think it'd be fun to walk through a very simple change detection life cycle, and maybe you could do your best to sort of describe what's going on. Okay, so Ooh. what if we what if we had a very simple little angular angular view, right? That has a button mm -hmm. on it, and then just you know a template binding to some variable. And every time I click the button, I got some like n number that gets incremented, right? So I got. I like it, Joe. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Got a number that shows up. It starts out at zero. <laughs> I click the button. And in the handler of the, of the button, it says, you know, number plus plus, right? 
Yeah. What, what happened? I, I click that button, and then what happens? It takes me all the way through the change detection process back to rendering. Okay. So the first thing we have to understand about Angular is that it is actually split into two. Uh, I would I would call it phases. Mm-hmm. The first phase is when you update uh, your models, basically your components, uh, and this phase is triggered by event handlers. Like you have a button, as you said, you have a click handler, right? Mm-hmm. When you click on that button, the handler is triggered, and, and now you have a. Uh, you have an opportunity to update your component. Your component can update other components through service, through any service, right? Or mm-hmm. directly by, by emitting an event. And what's important to understand is that during this process, there is no change detection, right? Right. Because, and um, once this is finished, for example, in, in our case, this is just a up property update, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it could uh, be one, some kind of you know bunch of code running a doing a ton of stuff. Could be lots of things going on. Yes, 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 yes. The the important thing is that you can update any model that you want during this phase. Mm-hmm. Right? There is no restriction. I'm uh, I'm underlining this. I'm stressing this because you cannot do that during change detection. And probably we all know this uh, this familiar error like uh, expression changed right uh, did you know that uh, what? so I'm more I'm familiar with is the um, prod mode setting right and when you don't have prod mode setting it actually runs it twice to check for you right it runs yeah. The change then the, yeah 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 then it will give you like an error if you yeah if you do yeah. try to change it twice yes yeah. yes exactly yeah you guys are right yes um, the reason that uh, I, I have a, a great article on that that particular error, which is expression changed after it has been checked error, <laughs> uh, which some people view as a bug, it is certainly not the bug. This is a design decision, but we, we can talk later about that. I just okay. want to get back to the yeah. flow. And uh, what what I was uh, stressing is that you can update whatever you want because the change detection hasn't yet started. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happens? We have this. As a developer, you love building things that are fun and that matter. Do you want to add authentication to yet another app? Do you want to stay updated with all the security issues and patch them? Why not leave that to the experts? Auth0 is the easiest and fastest way to implement real-world authentication and authorization architectures into your apps and APIs. You can allow your users to log in with either regular username and password, social identity providers like Facebook and Twitter, or enterprise identity providers like Active Directory, Office 365, or without passwords with an email login like Slack or phone login like WhatsApp. Getting started is very easy. Add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 Plus or Ionic app in less than 10 minutes by writing only a few lines of code. No credit card required. Get the free plan. Or try the enterprise plan for 21 days at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's auth0 with the number zero. Auth0 is trusted by developers at Atlassian, Mozilla, Bluetooth, Optimizely, Financial Times, and the Wall Street Journal. Try it out at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's the number zero in auth0. And get back time building core features. We have this little thing called Zone, right? Which uh, tracks all micro tasks, macro tasks, basically 
to put it simply, it waits until the call stack is empty, right? Until all our functions uh, have finished executing. Mm-hmm. So basically, it, it listens to all the async operations, like you know the mouse clicks or the HTTP requests or something like that, and then it runs. Yeah, uh, listens Angular or ng-zone, or uh, I would zone. say in, yes, yes, in, yes, ng-zone. Yeah, actually, ng-zone and zone.js these are different things, but ng-zone builds upon zone.js. It uses the capabilities provided by zone.js. And yes, you're right, ng-zone listens to all these macro tasks or asynchronous events, right? So, like, so like if, uh, getting back to Joe's example, so if you have this button and mm-hmm. when the user clicks on it, then ng-zone starts running or like uh, start executing the change detection or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it, it um, yes, inter- it intercepts the mouse click and then mm-hmm. to put it in terms of zone.js, it schedules a marker task, which is uh, to execute a click handler. Mm-hmm. And then it knows when this marker task is finished. So at that time, it can notify Angular that, okay, like the, the call stack is empty. Uh, all user code has finished executing. So you can you can do whatever you want and our angular wants to run change detection okay mm-hmm. yeah so this part is clear right i mean yeah to, to that. Uh-huh. okay so. and uh yes so and only now we have change detection which is which starts with uh, a root component and um uh, goes down to every leaf, to every every node, every child component that we have in our, in, our, in our components tree. And for example, we have this only one app component with only one span, right, and, and one button. And so it goes through this um, uh, this this component, this app component. And um, well, it it needs to do a few things. The first thing it checks if uh, uh, just I, I don't know how how deep I should go, but uh, well, it first well it will it will call a few lifecycle hooks. It will call ng on the init lifecycle hooks, ng to check. Well, there is there is one particular thing that I think is very interesting is that. Uh, what is it, Max? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that is very interesting is that Angular calls lifecycle hooks on child components when it checks parent component. This is uh, mm, maybe, let, let me. Mm, trying to understand how to, or, or you guys, you guys are quite means that you've known that word. Is it so? You 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 mean that um, as part of the change detection, uh, Angular when it calls um, the lifecycle hooks of a particular component, it then goes 
often calls all of its child components lifecycle hooks? Yes, if you have if you have like A component and then you have B component as a child, mm-hmm. when Angular runs change detection on A component, right? Mm-hmm. When I say runs change detection, I mean executes all those operations like rendering, uh, updating uh, query list. It executes uh, lifecycle hooks on B component, mm-hmm. which is the child. And why does it? Because, uh, uh, for example, B component depends on some input from A component, right? Through input binding. Mm-hmm. And when Angular runs uh, change detection for A component, for the parent component, uh, it's it tries to uh, check if the in, if the if the expression right changed like property of a parent component changed and you need to update some property on child component right uh, hmm. yeah and uh, yes and it and it knows that aha uh-huh, so i i have just updated this child component property what do i need to do now aha uh-huh, <laughs> i need to call ng changes lifecycle hook right i, hmm. I need to notify my um child that inputs input bindings ha- have op- have been updated because of the possibility that uh, something need to change because the parent change changed and now the children need to react to that change yes 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 that's totally okay. right but but here what's important is that uh, when running change detection for a component for the pairing component it updated uh, child components properties, it called ng on changes lifecycle hook on child component. Um, and uh, so this is something that may not be you know trivial to understand. It took me some time to <laughs> to put it okay, all can you can you repeat it? Yeah, I said that this is uh, this is something that's not easy to understand and and it took me some time to no the the uh-huh. The stuff that is not easy to understand. Can you? Can you <laughs> 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 it's, a, it's not easy Rude. to explain. Not easy to explain either. You know. So. <laughs> okay. So and 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 obviously to repeat. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have this button, right? We just clicked on on the button. Ng zone kicks in. It uh, triggers the. Change detection. Uh, I don't know how it, the process, right? Change detection mm-hmm. process. It starts from the root component, go and tickles all the little components mm-hmm. down the tree, right? Yeah. Yes. And and then how and and on the way, it probably one of those. Um, how does that span with the binding and stuff get changed? Hold, so, on, hold on a second. I want to back up just one more question on that. How does yeah. it know, how does Angular know that something actually changed? Not uh, Before it even tra- decides to update the binding. I've I've called, you know, number, my number plus plus. So my number was zero, now it's one. How does Angular know that that's different? And, it, and mm-hmm. does it even care? Does it just say, well, I'm just going to re-render everything? Or does no. it know? 
Yeah, I, I got it quite. Yeah, that's a great question. And that is something that hasn't changed since Angular GS. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that because the guys killed Digest. And mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone everyone <laughs> thinks it's dead, but but it's not. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the, that's the, the basic idea, right? Um, because you have you have a few models uh, in frameworks how change, how you can detect changes, and you have you have React, for example, where you have to explicitly say to the framework like there is a change, and you call set state. That's the API, which explicitly lets the framework know that something has changed. Then you have framework like Vue.js where they have the setters and getters and when you assign a value to a model to a component right through this setter the framework knows that uh uh-huh so the setter is triggered there is an assignment to some property that's the change so I need to re-render but with Angular which is the same for AngularJS as well as for Angular there is this process called dirty checking right Mm-hmm. Where the framework remembers what was the last value that was used to update to to render DOM or update input bindings, and then during this change detection process, it compares the current value with the previous one, and if it finds finds the difference, then you know it, it performs whatever operation it should do, like rendering or updating input bindings. So it's the same principle because in AngularJS, if anyone's listening from AngularJS world, <laughs> we had we had watchers and if the watcher returned two different things in succession, right? The Angular knew that mm-hmm. there is a change. So uh, so here there these watchers are I would say they are hidden and there, there is no concept of watcher right now, but but I I would say that the idea is very similar. So oh, okay, Angular is kind of keep they're keeping a copy of what the value used to be somewhere. Do they only do that because we did a binding to it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if, if I create a a component that has ten properties in it. But only one has anything to do with bindings and rendering. And I click that little button and I update the other nine, or I click a second button that updates the other nine properties, but it doesn't update the property that actually makes the view change in, in any way. Does it, is Angular aware of that? Is it smart enough to know, oh, these nine don't even matter? Yes, just... it knows that they don't matter. It doesn't track them. But mm. at the same time, it doesn't know that they have changed. Gotcha. So it doesn't know that it's, they've changed. It knows that the first, if, if I change that first one, it knows that it's changed. And it keeps track of that because it's part of, it's somehow part of a binding? Yes, correct. Yeah, that's the job of the compiler. That's actually, the compiler is something that I, uh, that fascinates me. This, <laughs> why do we even we need the compiler in the framework? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, it's, it's a genius piece of software, and uh, yes, uh, that's the job of the compiler when parsing and compiling a template to figure out which properties we need to watch. And uh, this is something that is very different from AngularJS because in AngularJS we could, uh, uh, at will, at runtime, 
watch any properties we want, right? Because we could just do scope watch and here we are, we're watching a new property. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we cannot do that with uh, Angular right now. During compile time, all the properties relevant for change detection are processed by compiler and, and, and that's it. That's one of the reasons why you cannot have automatic input uh, binding updates when working with dynamic components, you know, the components that are added dynamically, not known during compile time. So could you explain that statement just a little bit more, like give an example of what that means? Yeah, if you have, if you have a, an A component and then you have a child B component, mm -hmm. and then B component depends on, the bind, on some property of A component, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and you have... B component inside the template of A component, of parent component. Mm -hmm. Then when compiler parses A component, it encounters the B component inside the template. It recognizes the input binding syntax, which is like squared brackets, right? Mm -hmm. And it knows, aha, so here this property, we need to watch that property on, on A component, parent component. But then, uh, so this is everything that, th this is clear, right? This, this part, is it? <laughs> That's clear-ish. <laughs> I don't I mean. want to claim that I get it, because I feel like I still have a long ways to go, but I think, I think so, it's, maybe. It's one, it, I, yeah, I but I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's important to understand that, because the, the other part that I'm about to tell, <laughs> it will not be clear if this one... Uh, what can you guys maybe tell me uh, what exactly I need to clarify more? Or, because I understand that's that's a complex thing. I mean, if you spend like eight months inside the source code, it, it's probably different. I think it's one of those things, and we're uh, getting close to the end of the the time we have. Uh, I think it's one of those things that it's very hard to get. Uh, without like a diagramming for in like front just of your ver face. just verbally yeah. kind of learning is yeah different. yeah because it's like two it's a lot of like uh, references mm. and you know processes and it's it's and without like writing it down on something or actually seeing the code it makes it very hard to, when when we go deep into that uh, that world of dynamic components and and uh, and all that but I want to maybe uh, before we get to picks maybe ask uh, if anyone has anything more to add or to ask well I know that I don't know if you guys saw um, Joe had tweeted about the show today that we were recording and Olivia Combe had said that you can talk about the new ng noop zone that just landed in v5 I don't know what he just said. It's kind of like an alien language, um, but <laughs> you can apparently talk about it. So there's that. Noop <laughs> uh, zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, was a question directed to me or? Yeah, yeah. any I yeah, mean, anybody who had any idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I wrote an article about. This, actually. Of course you did. <laughs> right? Like, why am I? I'm not surprised. I have okay. it right here. <laughs> Let me show we'll, you. We'll, yeah. we'll put, we'll put all yes. the links in the show notes, don't worry. But yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, what it is. This, yeah, sure. This is actually a... So, 
when when usually uh, answering questions in Stack Overflow about change detection and describing how it all works, people usually mention Zone.js and NGZone in particular. And they were claiming, like, this is part of change detection, which I, I was claiming that it is not. Uh, like Angular can work without zone because as we identified during the show, it, it is used only to trigger change detection, right? And so the guys in Angular uh, decided to provide an opportunity to make a change detection process completely manual, as I understand it. So right now, there's nope, uh, no operation zone, right? This is something that you can uh, define when bootstrapping, I think, Angular application. It means that ng-zone no longer, actually, no, oh, this is just the mock for uh, ng-zone. And uh, it no longer notifies Angular about uh, the microtasks, about call stack empty microtasks, etc. It means that if you use no op, no operation, uh, you will not have automatic change detection. So you need to manually trigger it. So that's good for like heavy performance requiring apps or something like that? Um, like actually, why, why would you need it? Yeah, if you want to have a completely manual control, yeah, that, that's a good question why we need that. Um, I guess guys from Angular team can can answer that. Not sure that I can, <laughs> because I understand the mechanics from the sources, but the sources hmm. do not tell me why. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's new to me. I, I just think <laughs> that the only reason I would want to turn off the automatic chain detection is just to, uh, if I want to do complicated stuff like updating lots of um, lots of I don't know table cells at once or I don't know stuff like that and I only want to trigger it manually after every you know uh, tick or like second uh, couple yeah. of seconds something like that well one example would be probably is that if you want to have a completely uh, mm, reactive architecture right for example you define like Redux, you define um, uh, some store, and then every component can inject service, and then every component can inject a uh, change detector through the constructor, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, and then you subscribe to the changes uh, uh, on this um, on this store, and once you have a changes, you manually trigger change detection, like um, change detector dot detect changes. So this will manually run change detection for this particular component and all its children. And um, uh, so this kind of architecture, I have never seen that kind of architectures, but uh, you know, once in a while I think about what it can look like. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it and uh, go to sleep. And it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, cool. So on that note, let's go uh, go to picks. This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. 
You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at lino.com slash adventures in Angular. So let's start off with you, Joe. Do you have any picks for us? I do. I got... uh, I definitely have... uh, one very important, very good pick. So I've been uh, playing a new board game lately. I know that I've had a lot of people give me feedback, say they like my board game picks. So uh, I've been playing a new board game lately called Castle Ravenloft. It's not a particularly new game. It's one of a series of like four or five games published in the Dungeons and Dragons world. Uh, And it's apparently, it's fairly, fairly well considered to be the best of them. And we've been playing through the different uh, scenarios that come along with this and just having a really good time. And it certainly is very appropriate in the month of October to be per- playing it because it's kind of a horror-themed ty- game. It's so, called Castle what? Ravenloft. Ravenloft. Cool. Yep, or A-V-E-N-L-O-F-T. So I've been playing that, having a really good time. My other pick that I'm going to pick is... A new audiobook I just started yesterday when it released, and it's by Scott Adams, the writer of the Dilbert cartoon, and it's called Win Bigly. Uh, the subtitle is Persuasion in um, a World Where Facts Don't Matter, right? And it's all about President Trump and his run for the presidency and... Uh, Scott Adams, who is an extreme liberal, has d- definitely does does not agree with Trump's policies at all. Being a very extreme liberal, he was fascinated the entire time by Trump and what he saw as Trump's nearly genius manipulation of our political uh, system to get president, you know, our election system, right? And so. He put he for me he cast Trump in an entirely different light. I thought the, the, so far the book has just been absolutely fascinating. I'm not a particularly a I don't particularly care for uh, the presidents uh, in general, right? In fact, most presidents. I'm, I'm like m- most Americans. I already hate the next president, whoever that is. But <laughs> uh, I've really enjoyed this book. Uh, it's been absolutely fascinating, and it's really well done. He reads it himself. So if you have any interest at all like in the current political environment, uh, it's just another viewpoint, and you might find something uh, at least interesting. I've really enjoyed it. So that's Win Bigly by Scott Adams, and those are my picks. Awesome. Elisa, what are your picks? Well, I see your board game and I raise you one. Um, We've been playing this one called, well, so my husband and I are like really into Kickstarters so much so that we have to like budget ourselves on how many Kickstarters we're allowed to back. (laughs) It's kind of a problem in our family. So um, this one was a Kickstarter, but you can buy it now and it's called Word Domination. So it's like world domination, but with spelling. 
And it's hilarious because there's all these villains that you get to like pick which villain you want to play as and you can do it where it's like um, player versus player against each other or you can do it where it's like a co-op kind of thing. So um, I don't know. I really have been enjoying this weird spelling board game lately. So I'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah, that is my pick. Awesome. Awesome. So you have uh, you have a problem in your family with Kickstarters. Like uh, I have a problem with my family with kicks, but never, <laughs> never mind that. Uh, <laughs> like physically okay, so, kick, like physically kicking people. Yeah, you know, we won't, won't get into it. Uh, <laughs> childhood memories and stuff. But uh, okay, so my picks, I have, I have four picks. Um, Good the first one Lord. is. It's very quick, very quick. I'm gonna go over them very quick, just <laughs> okay, like a bunch fine. of. You go, you got this. Stuff. Okay, so we talked about the compiler. Tobias, who actually wrote the compiler, uh, have a cool talk about what the changes in the compiler uh, version uh, in version 4 of Angular. It's very hardcore, so beware. But if you are curious about these things, go watch the talk, uh, and I will put the link. Uh, another thing is um, I just released an interview with Igor. Uh, I did one of my serious dev docs interviews, um, which uh, which is kind of parody on like serious interviews, uh, and it was quite fun. Igor is quite a, a sport, and um, I, I think it turned out uh, really bizarre and weird, which is good. For me, uh, so go watch that. And the third pick is uh, a, a, TV, a TV series or a Netflix or Showtime. I think it's Showtime, um, an internet series or a TV series called "I'm Dying Up Here," which is about stand-up comics in the '70s, and it's a drama about stand-up uh, comedians. Oh, that sounds fun! It's it's easily one of my top five um, TV shows. Uh, it, and it really surprised me because I was expecting, expecting like a comedy or something like that. And it produced by Jim Carrey and it's, oh, wow. it's great. It's very, very, very good. So I, I totally recommend that. And my fourth pick is Angular Connect, which is next week. Uh, and Angular Connect, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and uh, the NG game show that I'm gonna, I already picked it, but I will pick it again because we just got a, a now, like I just got uh, a award that um, there are legit prizes. And Native Script is gonna sponsor the prizes for the game show, so we're actually giving out a drone with 4K camera as a first prize. And uh, Amazon Echo and uh, a robot you can program with JavaScript, uh, and it's really, really, really cool. And thanks Native Script for that. So and it's gonna be fun and, and amusing. So it will be live stream at the Angular Connect uh, website, and I'll try to put the link as well. And those are my picks. So Max, uh, do you have any picks for us? <laughs> Yeah, apart from my articles. <laughs> For what? Yeah, about or what? Apart from his, apart from your articles, uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. So you have the the blog Angular in depth on Medium, right? 
Yes, yes, Angular in depth. Uh, maybe in particular, I will be releasing the version, uh, the, the one article tomorrow, not publishing, which summarizes everything I've learned about change detection. It, it just uh, a compilation of other articles that I've written with uh, explanation for each particular article. Uh, so I think that will be of interest to people who want to get deep into change detection. Uh, mm -hmm. Then there is another article that I have spent a lot of time, like if, if anyone wants to understand how ahead of time compiler works inside and uh, it relies on TypeScript and uh, so I've written an article on TypeScript compiler. Uh, nice. Nice. Do you tweet about um, like anytime you write something new or yeah, do you just yeah. need to like do people just need to follow you on Medium to see the new stuff? Yeah, I tweet. I tweet. I usually ask people to retweet. <laughs> okay. Like a bit annoying, yeah, but um, okay. Ooh. All right. And um, I'm very passionate about education and at tech industry, so I'm trying to understand what is missing in current education system. And uh, I came to the conclusion that it is probably a curiosity in people. And I have bought a book which is called Curious. It's uh, This is the book I would recommend anyone to learn more about how curiosity works inside a human mind. Who is it uh, by? It's it's uh, Jan Leslie, I guess. Yeah, that's a uh, drop link. Very cool. Yes, um, it's um, it's a, it's a great book. Um, yeah, so probably these are my picks. Awesome. So first of all, thank you so much, Max, uh, and also. Alice and Joe uh, for being uh, with with us today. Um, I I personally really enjoy your articles. So keep up the good work, and it's very uh, it's very valuable to have uh, uh, people in the community that go deep into the <laughs> into the belly of the beast, which is the <laughs> Angular <laughs> source code, and uh, live right. to tell the story afterwards. So uh, so all of us yeah. could benefit. So. Thanks very much, and we'll see you all in the next episode. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, that's that's an honor to be here. Thank yeah. you. Hey, Thanks, Jackson. See you guys. See everybody next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more.